I'm Hannah Co-Footman. I'm Catherine Orchard. And I'm Hannah Van der Vesthazen. And we are... The, the Fuckboy Podcast. <laughs> first timers out there we at the fuckboy podcast delve into some of the most iconic reprehensible and shaggable fuckboys girls and folk no one is no safe. one is safe no one is safe who grace our screens novels history books and ask why on this episode hanako is taking us to the skyscrapers of singapore with the trailblazing movie crazy rich asians we also have a very special guest with us today star of crazy rich asians and friend of the pod sonoya mizuno you don't want to miss that so please stay tuned and of course we'll be hearing your best stories at the end of the episode but before we get to all of that how are you guys? <laughs> I'm I am good. good. I'm a bit stressed because I've been watching Yellow Jackets because oh, look, God. it had to be done. I managed to steer clear for, for a while and, and I can do it no longer. Yeah. And it's a really high level stress TV show. Wow. How do you come down from that? <laughs> yeah, that's been like my struggle every night this week, which has put me in like quite an emotional, tired place. So like yeah. if I cry... Okay, so for someone who knows next to nothing about Yellow Jackets, aka me, I've just seen that it's like about girls on a stranded island, potentially about cannibalism, not entirely sure, but I know that I love it when I watch it. <laughs> what the hell is it? girl eating girl going on, but and why maybe, should I watch it? Maybe not. Oh, okay. Sign no, I think up. in both ways. Actually, yeah, actually. in both ways. Um, so it's It's like- actually my dream yeah because i'm i'm you're slightly into cannibalism as we know from the angelina <laughs> oh jolie episode <laughs> and i mean the other the other way speaks for itself really so um yeah so it's like it's like a lord of the fliesy mean girlsy um okay you've got your high school drama yeah you've got your survival of the fittest it's the the premise is essentially it cuts between modern day and the is it the 80s or the 90s 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 it's the 90s yeah. of course from the clothes we like the, 90s. the cranberries don't put the cranberries in a show <laughs> yeah. make it the best needle drops ever and yeah exactly. don't yeah it's the 90s needle drops as in like a record player yeah drop. as in like yeah. the best soundtrack oh. <laughs> so yeah so it's like um they're going on tour and the plane crashes and they have okay. to survive so it's like Lost meets yeah, Love yeah, Island. Yeah. Totally. Love. <laughs> meets Hannibal Lecter. Meets the 90s. Meets like yeah. uh, modern day kind of Oh my of God, thriller, it sounds amazing. Who done it? kind of... It's got yeah. everything, honestly. And it's also it's an wild. utter pleasure to watch like, oh my gosh, what's her name? The actress who was in Two and a Half Men. Melanie Linksky. Basically, that was all I knew her as. And watching her in this, she's so good. She is the most incredible actress. She's so good. She's so good. She's like a staple of TV and film, who you yeah. will have seen in stuff. 100%. At time and time and time and time again. In loads um, of comedy. I've seen her in so much yeah. comedy and she's really, really funny. Yeah, she's, she's hilarious. Brilliant in this. She also looks exactly the same as she looked 20 years ago. Like, mm-hmm. not, a, not aged a day. Yes, no. the the older actresses in it, in quotation marks, because they're only like forty, yeah, um, are all ninety stars, mm, which yes. I just think is so clever because it That's really so hits genius. That ninety kind of like nostalgia. It's so good. The, oh, it's incredible! It's incredible. But highly recommend that. I also feel so. What was so funny was I went on two separate dates, and both of them was saying to me, like, you have to watch this show. And I was like, look, it's becoming a matter of pride that I've not watched it now. And now I'm like, I am going to... I've, I've, I've caved. It didn't take me long. Yeah. And more importantly, how are the dates? <laughs> yeah, they were really good. <laughs> Nervous laughter. <laughs> oh, exposing. As though I'm acting as if I haven't, like, exposed myself relentlessly over the past, like, 
how many episodes have we done <laughs> yeah exactly oh, don't be so coy Look, it's it's just it's just us and our friends here um no they were they were really oh, yeah, good yeah. one of the dates that i went Great. on um she ate a massive clove of garlic uh by accident <laughs> and and then was like so embarrassed and so mortified by it um and i really felt for her but look that's very charming i thought it was charming and endearing but I, she was very embarrassed. I would have, I also you was know, like, back yourself, come on. But you think you're fit enough to girl, eat a whole piece of garlic and still right? be rejected. A fuck girl would eat the clove of garlic and then not apologize to you and then pounce on you at the end of the day. Yes, <laughs> wouldn't they? And it would be- And then never call you back. Such a flavorsome snog. You'd be tasting that snog for like four days. Oh. <laughs> yeah, just so you don't forget her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she actually didn't like you or your company whatsoever. But- she just wants to How make her How far sideways can a conversation go? Yeah. <laughs> I forgot how funny and anecdotally rich just dating is. It's so... Ugh. I mean... Oh, especially after yeah. the pandemic. Wow. So good. I mean, even just like socialising in general. Yeah. I went to a dinner party the other night and, you know, the guy made like a proper like chicken pot roast. That stuff was pretty Stinky. pretty intense on the older. Uh, intestines i tell you what. Oh, i don't know where that one <laughs> was going oh my god <laughs> i was just like i don't know how much i want to share the story oh but like the, the rest the rest of the dinner party we left at like 2 a.m Rubbly i was just like oh my god i desperately need to fart and i can't <laughs> fart because i'm i'm in polite society yeah. now i'm not in my living room in my pajamas right. yeah I can't, I can't. oh my god so um, i had a garlicky snog hanako got the shits in public kath what's been going on with you <laughs> i mean nothing that nothing that fun <laughs> to be fair me me and kath had a wild uh dinner party a couple of nights ago where we ended up playing oh. truth or dare and guys were, like, where was my invite I know. Actually, unbelievable. I know. Very unbelievable. It was because it was um someone had hosted the same group before. So Okay, fine, you're forgiven. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, about. It was like a fourteen year old sleepover party. It was it was really yeah. something. Um was this the night where you didn't sleep, Kath? It was. <laughs> where I didn't oh sleep God, what? And, then, and then watched a three hour film in the cinema the next day. I have no idea how you did that. I went home no. and sat next to the toilet for a long time. But I yeah. survived. Okay, what <laughs> happened at this party? Why were you up all night? Playing Truth or Dare. Listen. Literally playing Listen. Truth or Dare. Oh my Listen, God. look, I went on the date on the Sunday. The dinner was on the Friday. I was shaking when I turned up on the Sunday. And I had two hickeys from not even actually anything that okay. I had brought to wow. the table. So it was pure 14-year-old dare stuff. It was it was pathetic. I woke up like, where's shame? I used to feel So that. last weekend, the clocks turned back by like, 10 years. Yeah, yes, and you turned into teenagers. Yeah. Thank you for saying okay. 10. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I can't do math, so I said 10 because it was the closest number that made sense in my mind. Sure, sure. Um, okay, wow. Yeah. So debauchery Such... has been going on. And we did it all in the name of this episode because there's so much debauchery in Crazy Rich Asians. Exactly. Thank you for that segue, <laughs> Hannah. <laughs> Look, I was like, take it off of me. I just told everyone that I got two hickeys. I need to go and crawl into a ball and die now. Can I just quickly ask, because I know we're all thinking it, where are the hickeys? Oh, they were in like, um, like very public places because neck I was, area. yeah, like neck area because I was like, look, okay. in my head, I was like, cause I was like, you have to give so-and-so, like this person has to give you a hickey. And I was like, drunk enough to be like, do you know what? I'm going to look like a legend <laughs> if I then go on a oh date with two hickeys. Turns Anna, out you don't look like I a legend, thought you, you got like the fuck girl. I thought you got the hickeys on the date. No, you not the got date. the hickeys from playing Truth or Dare with yeah, Kat. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm not getting, <gasps> not I'm not getting that much action. Just to clarify, <laughs> I am not getting enough action to actually have hickeys that I, like someone wanted to give me. Someone had to be dared to give them to me. Wow. So you were just essentially breadcrumbing with those hickeys. Yeah, I really was. You. I was being such a fuck girl turning up like, look, I have loads of people who will give me hickeys. Wow. And it did. <laughs> at, at like at four in the morning, it did. It was like genius. It made sense. Yeah, it, it made, made, so yeah, it made much a lot of sense. sense. Just FYI, if you do have <laughs> yeah. hickeys, you can, if you put a whisk on it, a silver whisk gets rid of the hickeys. 
Excuse me? You can whisk Excuse away me? your hickeys. Yep, that's that An lovely. electric whisk? No, just like a normal whisk. Any old whisk. Whisk of your choice. And you... You you whisk the hickey? Yeah, you whisk that you whisk that baby away and it, it goes. What the fuck? Yeah, genius. TikTok. Is Thank that, you, TikTok. <clears throat> Told me that. A late night Google. No, I saw it on TikTok months ago. Did it work? TikTok knew where, where I was heading. Yeah. <laughs> knew it was, was coming. Yeah. Did it actually work? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Genuinely works. So really those hickeys were just a scientific experiment to see whether the TikTok was telling the truth or not yeah which tiktok yes. really is science it's it what it's about and i'm so glad that we've established that now so our lovely listener i think i told you this guys um she's called Rianne. she messaged me on instagram and she asked me to cover crazy rich asians so Rianne is british japanese like myself and like sonoya and felt as i think did the majority of east southeast asian folk that this movie was long overdue and incredibly important in terms of representation relatability and of course fuck moiri yes i mean yeah that was the main focus can i just can i just drop how overdue it was the first film by a major hollywood studio to feature a majority asian cast since Mm -hmm. 1993 Oh my gosh. I mean, it's not... That's how overdue. Not surprising, but it is horrific. So bad. It's a joke. Dreadful. It's fucking ridiculous. So I'm going to talk about the dreadful man-children and villainous mothers of this film, but I'm also going to talk about why this film was and is so necessary for the for the East Southeast Asian yeah. community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be speaking more about that with Sonoy as well. So big thank you to Rianne for the suggestion. Um, and I just wanted to do a little shout out to Rianne because she's an amazing vegan, gluten-free baker Yay! and chef who yes. posts recipes on her social media from pumpkin pie to churros to vegan Christmas meals. Um, so please do check her out at R-H-I-A-N-S recipe she offers a free e-cookbook and her recipes are all free so please check them out yes i'm so excited to tell you all about the fuckboy of crazy rich asians okay so crazy rich asians is a 2018 romantic comedy based on a global bestseller of the same name that was published in 2013 oh i didn't know it was a book Yeah. So the story follows native New Yorker Rachel Chu to Singapore to meet her boyfriend's family. John M. Chu is the director. Peter Chiarelli, Adele Lim and Kevin Kwan, who wrote the novels, are the writers. Okay, listeners, please pause now because I'm going to talk about the plot. Spoilers galore. So if you haven't watched it, please just press pause, go watch it and then come back to us. I Mm -hmm. beg you. So Rachel Chu played by the brilliant Constance Wu, is your average New Yorker. Yes, she's got the economics degree that every Asian parent (laughs) dreams of. (laughs) But other than that, she's your classic girl next door. I mean, she's Asian and the lead in a huge film about East Southeast Asians, which has (laughs) never happened before in the English speaking language. I thought it never happened before, but I'm wrong. It happened in 1993. But never (laughs) happened in my lifetime because I was born in 1994. Yes. but look, the world that, didn't really start you... until you were born, Hanako, anyway. I mean, this <laughs> is true. like, this is BC, it's like BH. It's like B-A-H-A-H. Yeah, I am the Messiah. What can I say? Okay, but other than that, she is the Anne Hathaway or the Renee Zellweger of our movie. Our beautiful, charming leading lady. Yes. In one of the opening scenes, we see her sitting at the bar of a tapas restaurant, sharing a dessert with her boyfriend, mm. Nick Young, played by Henry Golding. Wow. Okay, do you guys do you guys know the um, casting story? No. No. Behind Henry Golding being cast as Nick Young. So they were searching high and low for their Nick Young, but they couldn't quite find him. And then someone sent the director and the writer a video of this YouTuber, this like travel blogger. Stop. This charming man who like knew how to talk to the camera. And that was Henry Golding. Oh my gosh. And so Crazy Rich Asians was like his massive breakthrough because before that he was just like a YouTuber. That wild. is absolutely not just a YouTuber, wild. but I didn't know that was his like first gig. If only it were that easy. I, I know. <laughs> I know. Anyway, back to dessert. So 
Nick asks Rachel to join him on a trip to Singapore for his best friend's wedding. Rachel is a little tentative, but agrees. I mean, meeting the in-laws, as we all know, can be pretty rough. I, but I don't know what you mean. I've, I've never, never heard of that. No, neither do I, Hannah. Whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> no idea what I'm talking no about. I'm, I'm far too charming to ever have such a difficult social interaction. <laughs> <would never>. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, this is Rachel's love of her life and she's never been to Asia and she really wants to go. So a few scenes later, the happy couple are off to the airport. But when they are shown to a private suite in the plane, complete with champagne and silk pyjamas, Rachel begins to suspect that her boyfriend isn't all he seems. Uh-oh, girls accidentally ended up with a billionaire. Oh, I'm so inconvenient when that happens. Like, hate that. Oops. <laughs> That's, oh, Just no, tripped head first one. Yeah. <laughs> into a billionaire. Just tripped Honestly, and fell into the 1%. If I, <laughs> yeah. if I had a pound for every time I've accidentally dated a billionaire, I'd yeah. be a billionaire. It's I know. It's A constant. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. <laughs> it's a but it really song. is a struggle for Rachel, which we'll yeah. find out later on. Yeah. I mean, he didn't think to mention any of this until after they are on the plane to meet his billionaire family. Yikes. Boy, oh boy, is she in for a Cinderella story that she did not sign up for, yeah. complete with villainous matriarch. But oh. more on that later. Okay, so this brings us to our first fuckboy of the film, <laughs> Nick Young. Who would have thought? I know what you're thinking. I know, I know. <laughs> He's charming, he's smart, kind, humble. Sounds like a fuckboy. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a fuckboy. Too good boy. to be true, it probably is. Yes. Okay, so he's charming, smart, kind, humble, appropriately stacked without looking like a walking steroid. He's <laughs> definitely over six foot, Hannah. Well, look, that's confusing on a good day. So if he's actually <laughs> fit, nightmare. I mean, he's basically a walking Uniqlo ad. Yeah. But guys, he's also a liar. If we were being kind, a withholder of the truth. Okay, offense number one, not being open with Rachel about who he really is. So we've all been there, right? Mm. I mean, we've definitely withheld the truth before on dates, told a few white lies about the last time we went to the dentist. Look, listen, <laughs> Hanako, I feel, like, I feel like you're looking around, but it does feel like you're staring into my soul and this feels really personal and I wish you'd stop. <laughs> <laughs> not about the dentist thing it's i actually go very time. regularly <laughs> just to clarify to, yeah, to anyone I who that. i've been on I a date that. with just to let you know i go to the dentist all the time <laughs> <laughs> no garlic in hannah's mouth no. okay but nick's secret keeping leads to a lot of torment for our leading lady mm. when nick is questioned about his family's wealth on the flight to singapore he brushes it off and says his family have connections with the airline and that's why they got a good upgrade. Big error. Why? Big error. That's so weird. Why? You've got one foot in the grave. Why are you still digging? What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out. Also, like, as lies go, it's not a terrible lie to then expose. Oh, yeah, by the way, my family is super wealthy. I'm, I know it might be a bit intense, but I'm going to hold your hand the whole way through. Like... Easy sure. conversation. Come on, dude. He keeps up this poor boy persona by taking her to his street food market when they touch down in Singapore. Mm. Oh my god. This street food market montage looks like the best bit of filming yeah. in the oh whole my god. world. Yeah. My tummy's rumbling just thinking about it, actually. <laughs> I know. They eat noodles and crab and shaved ice drenched in condensed milk. Oh. I mean, it's heaven. Yeah. Not only that, but they're in great company. Araminta, the bride-to-be, played by the gorgeous Sonoya Mizuno, who I'll be interviewing later, yes. and her fiancé Colin are lovely and down-to-earth. They hug, they bring balloons, they wear <laughs> trainers, they eat street food, all lulling Rachel into a false sense of normal. <sighs> so the following day, Rachel meets up with an old school friend played by none other than Aquafina. The comedic genius, yes. who practically chokes on her hair knees chicken <laughs> when she finds out Rachel's boyfriend is the Nick Young. I know. They're just the biggest developers in all of Singapore. And Mal I don't know why she's speaking <laughs> like this, but I'm going to go with it. A Sorry, Malaysia. 
How bizarre that Aquafina just joined this podcast. Yeah. What the hell? Oh. Hi, guys. <laughs> Brunei, New Mexico. Colin and Araminta's wedding is like Singapore's event of the century. The youngs are like royalty. I'm like trying to do a weird New York accent. It's perfect. It's, not really happening. it's close enough. <laughs> so the truth, the truth is out. Rachel had to find it from her friend. It's not ideal. Guys. I mean, like, worse. at what point do you think this lie is going to hold up until, right? Right? Like, what? What? Leaving the responsibility for just, you know, your reputation to precede you is so embarrassing. Yeah. Yes. It's so ick. Such it's unbelievable. Truly. You just got to get so out of he- the way. Just Is he, like, trying to show off by, or was he just it sounds genuinely... Like- Discomfort and faux humbleness is what I would perceive mm. it as. Okay, this is where Rachel has her Anne Hathaway moment and is taken from rags to riches in order to be presentable to the Asian Murdochs. Out of the cheap red dress her mother picked out for her and into the vintage Missoni, which is later described as chic 70s goddess Ooh. and very disco Cleopatra. <laughs> Sounds like you. rainbow sheep of the family. That's yeah. like your perfect. Every single thing was like tick, tick, oh. tick. Tick, tick, tick. Um, there's this amazing gay character. He's He describes himself as the rainbow sheep of the family. So good. <laughs> so good. Perfect. Okay. So Cinderella is ready for the ball. Or so you'd think. Now, if Rachel hasn't quite realized how filthy rich her boyfriend is, she certainly realizes it as she enters the family's $200 million property. Nick appears, looking like an Asian Jay Gatsby, and Rachel is whisked off to meet his mother. Cue our first fuck girl. Mummy Young played by the exquisite Michelle Yeoh. More on her in just a second. So it's crunch time. Our leading lady is about to meet Mummy Dearest. And this isn't just any old mum. First of all, she's Asian. So be afraid, be very, very (laughs) afraid. Second of all, she's the head of the most successful family in the whole of Singapore. Thirdly, she's played by Michelle Yeoh. You know you're gonna get a bad bitch. Yeah. Every single thing that (laughs) woman does, honestly, I would lay down on, I would be the floor. Honestly, she is incredible. She is. Like, seeing, seeing her in this film is kind of the equivalent to seeing, like, Meryl Streep in Don't Look Up. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're so incredible and have just done them, like... You almost can't believe it because she is just absolute acting royalty yeah, and is like totally. playing this part with all the sashi. Oh, just incredible. She's so good. And then you watch her in Last Christmas and she's hilarious. Hilarious. Oh my God, she's incredible. <laughs> so Rachel doesn't help herself by hugging Nick's mum. You don't really hug in Asia. Like in Asian culture, at least from my experience, not in Japan. Hugging is not really a thing you do. Like physical contact, especially not with your elders, it's kind of disrespectful. And it doesn't go down well with Michelle. She's oh. not even impressed with Rachel's economics degree. <gasps> what does she oh want? She says, <laughs> right. She says, pursuing one's passion. How American. Passion. Ooh. Economics. Passion. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she's just not impressed. No. She's courteous but cold. The perfect ice queen. The perfect. It's actually it's worse if someone is nice but cold. Like if they're just horrible yeah. and a write off. Yeah. It's the same as being like, I'm not angry, I'm disappointed. Oh. Gutting. Gutting. Oh. And also there's probably a part of Rachel that's like, Oh my god, I fancy you so much. <laughs> Look, you can never take out the little queer aspect. No. And certainly we won't do that in this, in this podcast. No, and we're always going to add it in. <laughs> Even if it's not there, we'll scrape that motherfucking gay barrel. <laughs> okay, so at this family party, there's like a sexy Greek chorus of aunties who are tearing Rachel apart. Um, everyone has eyes on Rachel because everyone wants her lottery ticket of a boyfriend. And again, 
Rachel has no idea what's going on. She's just here for a holiday with her average income boyfriend. Like, she has no idea what she's I'm stepped so, into. It, you would never anticipate him to be a secret billionaire as well because he's already too fit. Like, he's got too much going for him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He works out the why. It doesn't make sense. But it's not until Rachel is invited to Araminta's hen party that the evil fuck girls of Nick's relationship past come out of the woodwork. So... Araminta's party isn't just any old hen down Clapham High Street. Picture this. A remote island, palm trees swaying in the wind, white sand, a five-star hotel, Ugh. waves lapping against the beach, first on the agenda, an all-expenses-paid shopping trip at the boutique store, followed by a massage. Can you imagine? Sounds like paradise, right? Yeah. Eh, eh. <laughs> wrong <laughs> cue our second fuck girl amanda ling played by jing lucy she has an oxford degree and the attitude and voice of an off-duty nigella lawson the kind of girl that you instantly want to be best friends with which is kind of gutting considering what comes next mm. I just want to expand on the Nigella Lawson thing, okay? She's really, like, well-spoken, and her voice is really low, like this. Like, back in the throat. she's, like, a little bit back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she's just so cool. She's just very cool. And look, if Um, she says it's a microwave, it's a goddamn microwave. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. So, um... Guys, I hope this is the one and only time either of you get cast in an Asian role. Um, but you never know. <laughs> Scarlett oh my god, if you're listening to this, back off. Oh my <laughs> um, god. Will you both read this toe curling scene for me? Action. I think my masseuse just got me pregnant. I can see why Nook put off coming back to Singapore. What do you mean? You know, he was supposed to come back last year take over the family business his parents freaked out when he didn't but now that he's back i'm sure he's forgiven but he's not back for good i mean we're just here for a wedding rachel i get it it's hard knowing where you stand with someone like nicholas young he has all that pressure from his family not just in business but in who he's dating it's like you just never know what's quite going on in that gorgeous head of his nick told you that we were together, right? It's ancient history now, but although our family is particularly, his mother always wanted us to get married. I guess we weren't ready then. I really admire you. Takes guts, coming all the way over here, facing Nick's family, especially when Eleanor isn't exactly in your corner. Can you imagine? Oh, God. So brutal. And you're getting a massage at the same time, so you can't even escape. Oh, my God. And it's like that that really clever kind of evil where, in a way, she's not even saying anything wrong. No, no, no. She's on your side. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. She's just telling you the things that he's not already told you because girls just have to stick together. Oh, and it's also that like brutal honesty thing where someone's like, "I'm telling you this for you, like I care." You know, you don't fucking yeah. care. I what you think <laughs> of me is none of my business. I don't want to know any of that. Like you, yeah. blissful ignorance, blissful ignorance. Can I just say that was a beautiful rendition as well? Oh, that was beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. Congrats! And if you were both Asian, I'm sure you would have been cast in the movie. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I've just Thanks been so gunning much. for an Asian role my whole life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just always been a huge fan of ScarJo and look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so directly after this fuck girl moment from Amanda, Rachel goes back to her hotel room to find a dead fish, its intestines and blood strewn across her bedsheets with catch this, you gold-digging bitch, written in red on the window above. <laughs> I don't remember this. It's, yes. It's, it's like Godfather. Godfather. Yes, that's what I wrote. It's very Godfather. Yeah. That's horrible. And... Clearly planted by none other than evil Nigella Lawson. That is also hilarious. Like, genius from the writer and director to be like, Godfather, but it's a fish. Like, it's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) That is so funny. Oh my gosh. 
So that night, Rachel buries the dead fish on the beach with Astrid, another hen guest and family member, played by a teary-eyed Gemma Chan. Which brings me neatly to my second fuckboy of the film, Mm -hmm. Michael, Astrid's super hot ex-army husband who is majorly threatened by his wife's wealth. His offence? Cheating. This guy, Michael, is a pure fuckboy. Totally threatened by his wife's independence, Astrid even has to hide her shopping bags from him so that he doesn't feel emasculated by her wealth. Bora. Oh mm-hmm. my god. When Astrid finally confronts her husband about cheating, he manages to turn it around on her, gaslighting her to tears, blaming her for his affair, and then storming out of the car, leaving her sobbing. But he gets his comeuppance later when Astrid serves him this mic drop line. (laughs) It's not my job to make you feel like a man. I can't make you something you're not. So good. (laughs) After that moment, she puts on these $2.5 million um, vintage earrings that she's been hiding from her husband and walks out the room. And it should be like the most unrelatable moment because she's putting on $2.5 million (laughs) earrings. But weirdly, it's not. Because we've all been there. Yeah. Like whether it's yeah. like you're putting on a tiny pair of shorts that your dad has or told you. Or my 2.5 million dollar earrings. Dollar yeah. earrings, yeah. That I have well, in my quite. Bedroom. So Michael is a gaslighting, tortured 10 out of 10 fuckboy. Yeah. yeah. He wins. Makes Nick look like a sweetheart, right? Yeah. Mm, For how long? Well, maybe we'll, we'll get yeah. to him. Yeah. Right after this. Back to our original fuckboy. Nick is... a liar. But he also genuinely loves Rachel. Mm. He is proud to show her off to his family. But his fatal, filthy rich guy flaw is that he doesn't know how to fully empathise with those who aren't in the 1%. (laughs) He doesn't consider what it might be like for Rachel. It's it's just so hard to to not understand what it's like to, you know, have have to work for a living and... It's really tough. I mean, Rachel, she's New York City born, raised by a single mother, and then she's catapulted into a whole new world where a super yacht is a boat, and excess is normality, where her Asian-ness isn't enough. Hard relate. Nick is a walking golden target, and he leads Rachel into the battlefield totally unprepared. And it doesn't help that, quote, Chinese sons think their mums fart Chanel number five as Aquafina says. <laughs> I love oh your Aquafina. It's, it's incredible. so good. It's like she's here. It really is. <laughs> thank, thank you. Um, when Rachel returns from the hen of hell, Nick admits he was selfish for not telling the truth and is very apologetic. He says, I'm sorry that you had to deal with that on your own. I'm here now. And whatever happens, we'll get through it together. Dead fish and all. guys what's that coming over the hill is it a monster is it a monster (laughs) no it's michelle yeo (laughs) (laughs) i love it it made sense it made sense with the script that i'd written but we went off piece (laughs) i was like i need to keep it in it's too good. <laughs> Refuse to let that joke die. <laughs> Refuse to let it go. <laughs> okay, so Michelle Yeoh manages to make dumpling making into a traumatic experience. Unbelievable. She torpedoes Rachel on her way to the toilet and says under her breath, having been through it all, I know this much. You will never be enough. Imagine. I mean, it could be kind of hot, hot in the right situation. Like hot. <laughs> and it goes, make it gay. If in doubt, make it gay. <laughs> make it gay. <laughs> gay, 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 Yeah, did you get a little tingle in the mingle, Kath, when I said that? Yeah. Every time you say <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> I go, ooh. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Obsessed. And guys, at Araminta's wedding, it gets even worse when Michelle reveals she has hired a PI to dig up the dirt on Rachel's past. I mean, yeah, it's a classic. It's revealed that Rachel's mother had an affair with another man and then ran away, pretending Rachel's father was dead. 
Michelle says that her family cannot be connected to such scandal and forbids Rachel to be with her son. Rachel flees the wedding party like Cinderella at midnight. Now, there are a few more twists and turns in the movie, which I won't go into, just watch it. But what I will say is that Michelle Yeoh's character eventually turns a corner. She does. And Nick... She does. Nick proposes to Rachel in the economy aisle of a long-haul flight. It's all very real and messy and affordable. One of those proposal scenes that's a real tearjerker. So, having heard all of that, guys... Is Nick a fuckboy, or is he just a boy that's fucked up? Maybe he's reformed fuckboy. Mm. He reforms. The, the, the film is his reform. The thing is, the film is not enough of a, ref- like, a reformation. No, he's kind of maybe great on dresses. that journey. Yeah, great dresses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great dresses. <laughs> um, but as in, like, I think there's so much to be said in... <sighs> men very often because of their amount of privilege and the lack of need to engage with what it's like to feel oppression Mm -hmm. in any capacity which obviously he will have you know there's there is lots of nuance as we've said but his inability to understand why this is so complicated for her and what that means for her identity and and everything that is Mm -hmm. such a like i hope he spends the rest of his life after the movie getting to to accommodate that and work alongside her and and grow together and learn because you know yeah what she brings from her upbringing in new york will be just as fascinating as his you know their trips on the bloody private jet that they're inevitably gonna get on you know yeah Yeah. brilliant and it's like all jokes aside there is this kind of assumption in the world that we live in that all the culture that is associated with wealth is somehow more valuable and more important than all of the stuff and the magic just being like normal and that somehow Mm. like wealth is the pinnacle when like as if her giving that up which obviously I've literally joked about for the last hour but as if like her giving that up is just like well why wouldn't you want to yeah yeah but actually it's like there's kind of a version of this story where it's kind of maybe not worth giving all of that up and you don't you don't want to lose identity and you know we're We'll get to that in the listener story. But well, you, yeah. You look at the royal family even. Yeah. Yeah. What and Megan's view is joining that. Yeah. Like yeah. fucking hell. It's a it's a lot to ask of someone and to kind of bring someone into that arena without preparing them initially is a huge oversight. Um mm. so I agree. I don't think he's a fuck boy, mm. but I think he's a boy that's seriously fucked up. Yeah. And like yeah. you said, I hope he spends the rest of the you know, movie that goes on in our imaginations. Or if there's a crazy rich Asians too. Please. Oh my god. There has to be, right? That would be so I great. Hope so. Oh, I just got shivers thinking about it actually. That would oh, be I'm so sure. nice. Maybe that'll be one of my questions to Sonoya. Yes. So I think Ultimately, this film is about acceptance, being accepted for who you are, whether rich or poor, native or immigrant, which is a beautiful message for a film that's very existence means people like me feel more accepted. Mm. Growing up, there were no Asian leading ladies, no celebration of my culture, no one making dumplings or taking their shoes off before they entered a house like you see in Shang-Chi. You know, the big and the little things that make up a person. And when I was watching this film for the second time, what really struck me was how, in a way, this film is also about Asian mothers, the quiet resilience of them. How traditionally, even though the mothers subscribe to a patriarchal dynamic, they are the beating heart of the family. Mm. The central pillar that keeps everyone standing strong. You see that with Michelle's character, Rachel's mother, Gemma Chan's character, and Ma, Nick's incredible grandmother. Mm. And it made me think about my own mother and how strong and resilient she is. I can't express how important it is to see people on screen who look like you and your family. It is validating and it helps you make sense of who you are. And when those stories are not deemed worthy of telling, at best, it really hurts. And at worst, it's incredibly dangerous. You just have to look at the rise of Asian hate to understand how important representation is. 
To some people, Crazy Rich Asians is just another silly rom-com, but to people like me, it is a welcome home. So before we get to Sonoya's interview, I want to leave you with a quote from Rachel's character in one of her last scenes. I'm not leaving because I'm scared, or because I think I'm not enough, because maybe for the first time in my life, I know I am. A poor, raised by a single mother, low-class, immigrant, nobody. Okay. Are you ready for the interviews, girls? Oh my God, yes. Thank you so much, Hanako. That was beautiful. Thank you. Our guest today is the actor Sonoy Mizuno, who had a breakout role in the 2014 Alex Garland sci-fi thriller Ex Machina, in which she played the AI Kyoko. From there, she went on to be cast in Damien Chazelle's La La Land, working again with Alex Garland in the film Annihilation, and Carrie Joji Fukunaga's Netflix series Maniac. But it wasn't until her performance as Araminta in Crazy Rich Asians that Sonoya Mizuno became a household name. From there, she reached new heights with her incredibly powerful performance as Lily Chan in Devs, a personal favorite of mine and her third collaboration with Garland. This year, we have the new Game of Thrones series, House of the Dragon, to look forward to, in which Sonoya is playing Missaria, and an upcoming feature called Am I Okay? with herself and Dakota Johnson at the helm. Sonoya Mizuno, welcome to the Fuckboy Podcast. Hello. Hello. How was that for an introduction? That sounded so nice, although I'm far from a household name, but that sounded so nice. Well, I think in some households, your name. (laughs) In in my family household, I mean. Yeah, definitely in my household. That's cute. How are you? Also, like, what an incredible roll call of things that you've achieved. I mean, it, it does, I did think when you were saying that, I was like, oh, wow, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. It always feels different from the other side, doesn't it? Yeah, when you're like it does. This stuff, you feel like you're just always hustling, hustling, hustling. But then yeah. when you, you, know, you think, oh, actually, I did that and this, you think, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, I'm amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want to start at the beginning of your career. So I know you trained as a ballet dancer, graduated from the Royal Ballet School, and then you went on to perform with lots of different, um, what are they called? Ballet companies. Companies, that's one, thank you. But what (laughs) made you want to make the move into acting? Um, I, I, my uncle, who was like my favourite person in the world, was a theatre actor, so that's originally why I wanted to get into performing Mm. and why I started dancing Mm. so it it always kind of been there since I was small but then I think um it was just like the career of a dancer you know I was injured a lot and I was dancing in these companies in these tiny towns all over Europe and it just became kind of exhausting really Mm. and I felt like there was um I felt unsatisfied to be honest so yeah. I and I, it the acting thing had always been kind of niggling at me so I just um I literally was just like well I'll, I'll just try you know I'll go for it how old were you when you made the transition oh my god so old I, I was 26 20 yeah 26 or 27 I can't remember really yeah because I'm 35 now 27 27 I just turned 27 when we did Ex Machina wow so late so late yeah but you've I mean that's kind of extraordinary considering how much you've packed in in the past nine eight years yeah well I don't know thank you yeah I mean I remember we met just after you I was thinking I was trying to think earlier I cannot remember how we met the agency that I used to be at had a Christmas Um, party yes and I met you there yeah and you didn't even have an agent then no I remember I was like because you asked like my gosh she's so beautiful who is this person (laughs) yes 
Thanks. You're like long hair. <laughs> yeah, I remember I was wearing a bodycon dress. That was probably the last yes, time I ever yeah. wore a bodycon dress. Um, was it green? It was green, yes. That's so weird. I really remember it now. That's From Topshop. <laughs> Um, okay, I wish I could ask you about all of the incredible projects that you've been in, but as we're doing a focus on Crazy Rich Asians, I'm going to just jump straight to that. Um, yes. So I really want to know what the energy was like on set, you know, with it being the first and maybe the last project that you've done with an all East Southeast Asian cast. And, you know, what was that like for you on a personal level as well? Um, well, I mean, just like, broadly speaking I think we all had the best time it was it was just so um it was so unusual but it also felt so kind of natural you know I think everyone was was just so excited to be there so there was like a particular energy and um and then on top of that we were doing this film which was so fun you know, all the elements of it was so fun and there's parties and there were weddings and Hindus. And so it was like, it was a, an invitation for us to kind of enjoy ourselves. And I think there was really a kind of like, you know, everyone had been the, the token Asian person in whatever films they had been in. So it was like this unleashing of just a different kind of energy and you could really feel it. Wow. Yeah, it was amazing. It really, it truly was. And I'm so fond of all of those people. Yeah. I mean, they all, it just, the energy that comes off the screen is just incredible. Yeah. And the, again, yeah, I, was, like, I watched it this week for the second time and it's so funny as well. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you, yeah. And your character is so um you know, I feel like you play you play a lot of characters that are sort of quieter oh, yeah. and darker and and then yeah. Araminta is just like this firecracker who's so funny and kind of goofy. It was so mm. nice to see you in a role like that. Yeah, it was so much fun. It's lovely to play things like that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because you do kind of carry, you know, the work. I yeah. find I do anyway. It's hard not to, yeah. even a little bit. So to be like running around airports and like, you know. Yeah, with a bunch of balloons. Yeah. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> so silly. It's so fun to be silly, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, also, I think your character had some of the best location scenes from it's the food true. market to Samsara oh Island, to the wedding. But I, know, I have to ask you, what was the best thing that you ate at the Singapore street food market? God, I wish I could remember. I just remember making a pact with myself that I just, I have to eat. Like every take, I have to like really eat. Because yeah. I, you know, I love food and that's like the best place. I'd been to one of those markets years ago when I was a dancer and I was touring to Singapore so I remember, and it was like the best meal of my life. And I'd always like talk about it. And then when I read in the script that the scene was there, I just thought, oh my God, amazing. I'm just going to eat everything. So I can't remember what the best thing was, but I just remember eating, just like going for it, like really oh, eating. I think everything is delicious. Yeah. I just, you've not been. I've never been. I've never been to like, Singapore. I've never really been to one of those really famous street food markets because yeah, I don't, really I don't know if I'm, it's like I've been to Osaka where you know the, the street food is incredible but mm -hmm. like a standalone street food market that has like Michelin yeah. stars I don't think I've ever been to and it's honestly my ideal situation yeah you must you must yeah I'm definitely gonna do that yeah um okay one last slightly serious question before we get to mm. the silly stuff so I think ultimately Crazy Rich Asians is a film about acceptance um do you feel like there 
it was a, is a sense of before and after Crazy Rich Asians in terms of casting and roles for you, specifically as a Japanese-British actor? Um, hmm. I think it's hard to tell, you know, it's hard to tell, like, that what's, you know, concretely before and after but I think definitely just in the industry as a whole, it moved the needle a bit. Mm. And, you know, I, not just for, not just for actors, but even I was having a conversation with a Japanese American director and who, who had been trying to get a film made for a really long time. And he was, he was saying that after Crazy Rich Asians, before Crazy Rich Asians, people were like no you know we, we can't really spend money and then after crazy rich Asians, they were like we really want to make your film you know so I think it definitely did change something which is kind of amazing that you know a film can have the power to do that yeah oh so yes I think I think it it must have but it's just hard to tell when you're you know in it mm -mm. yeah yeah I definitely felt the shockwaves of crazy rich Asians yeah. for sure um and you know I think it was the first film that I saw with a full east southeast Asian cast where you know the Asian characters weren't denigrated to the best friend or the neighbor or the nanny mm -hmm. and you know watching it for the second time I was I, I was crying so much just seeing mm. a, a screen full of people that looked like me and my family it was just mm -hmm. so powerful it was wasn't it yeah it really was that's nice that you your family did they like it oh I don't know if my family have seen it uh, <laughs> <laughs> but just seeing people that look like them yeah <laughs> or specifically my mom oh, you know. yeah <laughs> okay so Sonoya, shag, yeah. marry, avoid. Oh Nick, my god! Isn't it Eleanor, kill? Aquafina. All right, kill then. Shag, marry, kill. Nick, Eleanor, Aquafina. Who's Eleanor? Oh, okay. Michelle yeah. Yeo, obviously. <laughs> well, I, I would uh, marry. Oh no. Mm, I think I'd marry Eleanor because I just want to I'd marry into the money nice I think I'd shag Pete Lynn mm -hmm. and I thought I'd kill Nick sorry yeah. Nick he's 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 too nice he's very vanilla yeah. yeah 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 and he's also a bit of a fuckboy because he doesn't tell Rachel anything about his background which is just kind of evil yeah it's true. And he looks like he could be in my family. So that's just weird. <laughs> um, okay, quick, quick fire round. You have to just work off instinct here, okay? Oh my God, but I'm a slow thinker. But I'll no, well, you can't. You've got to speed that oh, up, Sonia. Okay, ready? <laughs> What's your yeah. star sign? Cancer. Favorite color? Blue. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been a fuck girl? How okay now here's the truth. What does that mean? Well, listen to this podcast and you'll find out. Rice or noodles? Rice. Astrid or Araminta? Araminta. Yeah. Have you ever dated yeah. a fuck boy? So I don't really know what it means. Yeah, but you do. But... In your soul, you do. Uh yes. Yeah. I'm sure I have. Yeah. Okay. Somerset or Shibuya? Oh my god, that's so hot. <laughs> Shibuya Ooh. Somerset maybe oh god I was just there so yeah okay Somerset which Hogwarts house are you in oh no I'm in Hufflepuff me too oh you were nice <laughs> apparently comedy or drama drama can I have Michelle Year's number <laughs> yes yes do I have it I don't know well, if you do, you've said yes now, so it's happening. Yes, I do. It's in the WhatsApp. Okay, that great. WhatsApp is still alive. Oh, my God. I'd pay no, good money to 
have a look on that WhatsApp. Okay, Sonoya, I got to ask one more quick question. Can you divulge anything about House of the Dragon? Because I know people are really excited about it. I don't think I can. No. Um, There's dragons in it. Like, what What? can I say? There's a house in it. Yeah. (laughs) The locations are cool. You're in it? Sexy scenes. Oh, do you have some sexy scenes? I might. (gasps) Oh, these things oh sorry okay I don't know no I don't no know. no well you're not you're not saying it and it's fine we don't want to get you in trouble um yeah okay I don't want to take any I want to take up any more of your time so just to sign off when yeah. is house of the dragon coming out when is am I okay coming out what are your next projects what can people am look forward I to seeing okay you in is um coming out on Monday at Sundance oh my god and then and then you know hopefully it'll find a distributor and then some hopefully so yeah that's exciting I'm so in love with Dakota Johnson she's incredible and like just very easy to act opposite and look at are you are you gay lovers in it no but the internet they are yeah, because I read I read something that you yeah. were there. Because of that, there's like a picture of us like yeah. lying in bed. So everyone's like, oh, well, they're... No, we're not. God damn it. Yeah. Sequel. Yeah. yeah. So that's happening on Monday, which is very exciting. And then I think House of the Dragon, uh, I don't know. I actually don't know. Sometime this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And anything else? And then I don't know. Just being a cat lady. <gasps> Yes, my little Darcy. Yeah. Okay, well, Sonoya, thank you so much for taking oh, the time to talk yeah. to me. It's been such thank a privilege. You. And, you know, it's also kind of poignant because when we were growing up, we didn't have role models that looked like us. And thanks to projects like Crazy Rich Asians and to actors like True. you, we now do. And I. And you. I was oh. just saying how amazing you are in Toast. Because <laughs> you are. Well, thank you. You really were. Thanks, mate. Well, I genuinely do consider you one of my role models, which I know sounds really weird because you're also my friend. Don't be silly. No, it's true. It's true, and it's so inspiring to see you grow from strength to strength. And I just can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you. you. And we should meet up soon. Yay! Thank you, Sonoya. Thank, Thank you, you so much. So much. Oh, what a legend. Um, Catherine, do you have a listener story for us? I do, I do, I do, I do. So this is about somebody who was involved with someone who was rather wealthy. Um, they don't say how wealthy, <laughs> which is like kind of annoying. Um, but I thought it was perfect we're, for this episode. We're imagining 2.5 mil earrings at the very least. Yeah, yes. of course. I mean, the word conglomerate is used. Oh my word. Ooh, okay. Right? We're talking billions. Yeah, it must be. Billions, baby. Allegedly. <laughs> Rather allegedly, than allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Okay, so <laughs> thank you very much to the listener who sent this in. We will not name names. So they said, I dated and briefly married a relatively rich guy. He was a good hardworking guy who worked as an executive in his family-owned conglomerate. When we lived together, he'd get up at 5am and get ready for the work day and would come home around 9.10pm. However, at first, because I was working too, I I was used to it and for the most part it didn't really bother me. His family were initially against a girl from a middle-class background. So she quit her job to satisfy his mother. (gasps) I know. Oh, my word. Yeah. So she says, I married him because I was in love with him, but our relationship eventually became strained. I was fed up with the complete lack of attention and confronted him about it. He basically said... This is what life we've chosen for ourselves. Uh, we, that's a, that's a, that is a strong we. Yeah. Well, I mean, they are married mm. at this point. Okay, so the last straw was when he only came to our second marriage anniversary lunch for an hour. He then flew to <gasps> London last minute to finalise a deal. He didn't tell me about it oh. until the day of the lunch. 
How oh my god just bin. so she says i divorced him in the end a great decision oh yeah yes. amazing that sexy divorce settlement thank you yes Bloody hell. how savage is that though like turning like having a, a lunch for your anniversary and like oh it just well, it just becomes that thing of being like what's more important yeah like yeah. you're not a partner in this in this life that i have like you're you're just at like the beck and call and the whim of what i want to do congratulations to our lovely listener yeah and well done divorce is hard and separations are difficult and yeah. showing up for yourself and choosing f- emotional fulfillment and freedom uh, over financial stability is an incredibly like admirable yeah. feat well done well done <laughs> Links for all of our resources are in the show notes. Please do check them out. Next week, we're going from the skyscrapers of Singapore to the youthful Gen Zs of Euphoria. In the meantime, you can help us by rating us and following the F-Boy podcast wherever you're listening. And if you have your very own listener story, please don't be shy. Be sure to send them to our submissions at our website, www.fboypodcast.com. We would love to hear from you. Yes, you can find even more fuckboyery on Instagram and Twitter at fboypodcast. And a special thanks to our brilliant producers at Audio Boom Studios. So, watch out Rue, Cassie and Nate. We're, We're coming, coming for you. you. <laughs> <laughs>